Welcome to Thrive Through Marketing, the only organic content marketing podcast for mental wellness companies. You have a mission to impact the world, and I have a mission to help you do that, all while increasing revenue, creating a new stream of customers, and reaching people before they even know they need you. With more than a decade of experience in organic content marketing and a deep passion and respect for mental wellness, there's one thing I know for sure. When you thrive, your customers thrive. That's why I'm here to deliver strategies, ideas, insights, and interviews from storytelling and analytics to practical steps and high-level vision. We cover it all. So if you're ready to leverage the power of organic content marketing, let's get started. Welcome back, everyone, to Thrive Through Marketing. I am here with Andrea Whitewick, who is the founder of Hapsi. We also are in an accelerator program together with Sally Holder, who she is wonderful and brilliant. Um, and I'm so excited to have you on today. Welcome, Andrea. Andrea. I knew it's I was okay. going to do that. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I absolutely, as an avid marketer, I absolutely love to talk shop. So I'm very excited yes. to dive in. Yes, yes, yes. Talk shop. That's exactly what I'm hoping to do. Before we jump in, though, I would love for you to share with us a little bit about your marketing experience and background. Sure. So I am based in Atlanta, Georgia, and I went to school. I went to undergraduate school here in Atlanta, and I worked in Pepsi um, for four years. I literally started there answering the phones in college (laughs) and then did other things there. Ended up spending a lot of time um, with the advertising and sales department. And then did sponsorship marketing for little brands like Gatorade and Tropicana, you know, small, small potato. Yeah. (laughs) At the age of, talk about imposter syndrome at the age of 23, managing those kind of budgets. So it was so much fun. Um, And then I left PepsiCo and I ended up going to a company called Nielsen, which a lot of people know, especially marketers, a lot of people know is the currency for ads. Um, So, you know, the ratings. But there's a whole other consumer and shopper um, experience for marketing. So things like, you know, in-store activations, when you walk in and see those huge Super Bowl displays by big brands, you know, things like that. Or what I did, which was creating brands from scratch. So that might be a new flavor on a brand. That might be a new package formation on a brand. Um, think like, you know, maybe a small yogurt brand is in a cup. And then we find out that mom is feeding it to the younger child in home. Well, let's give the child their own. Let's come out with a tube. So now mom is purchasing two units of this brand instead of one unit and sharing it. You know, that's called expandable consumption Mm. (laughs) in the home. And so those are the kinds of things I would do. Um, For 10 years, my client was Coca-Cola so I'm one of those rare people in the Venn diagram that knows the red and the blue truck very well, <laughs> as they say. Um, and then I, after, you know, basically 15 years and non-alcoholic ready to drink beverages, I really was just hungry for another challenge in marketing. Um, those are, you know, those are really easy brands to market. Everybody knows them. You don't have to build brand awareness that's already right. there. Um, and so I really wanted to try my hand at a lot of the more startup brands. And so I ended up having about 200 clients for six years and they're very much not what we would think of you and I would think of as the startup world, but they're like, um, still startup, like 
Chobani, you know, think mm-hmm. of Chobani like seven years ago, for instance, you know, that's kind of where I was with them or Newman's own or things like that. So, mm-hmm. um, it was super, super fun, honestly, because it made me work my brain a lot more, a lot easier when you're a marketer. Everybody's very familiar with consuming a beverage, but mm-hmm. to have to dive into something that's like, you know, hair care for men, I'm clearly not the consumer. You know, I've got to right. really put that brain cap on and be like, okay, what would make this segment of the population convert to sale? You know, how can I get them to convert to sale? So it was a lot of fun. That's awesome. And so now, for those of you who don't know, Hapsi is a CBD product. And okay. And you own it, you founded it. So tell us, like, how did that transition happen from these more commercial goods, non-alcoholic, very different space into now Hapsi? Correct. So in 2018, um, we had our United States government um, or our country had a bit of a trade war going on and we couldn't export some of our farming goods. And so there was um, a farm bill that was passed in 2018 that helped give farmers more ingredients to harvest is the most simplest way to put it. Kind of like a bailout for the farmers, if you will, kind of thing. And so when they did that, they actually descheduled a piece of the cannabis uh, species, the plant called hemp. So not marijuana, but hemp. They descheduled that as a, it was a level one scheduled drug. And so they descheduled that so that farmers could actually grow that again. And that can be used as textiles that can be used. It's a, it's a plant protein. So it can be used for a number of food ingredients. Um, it is very short to grow the lifespan. So it can actually be a faster turn to be churned into wood pulp for our Amazon boxes. You know, there's, there's plenty of ways that this can be used. And so um, our federal government saw that and they said, you know, here, you know, we'll go ahead and deschedule this so that you can go ahead and harvest it. So our farmers didn't have to like, you know, um, be at the beholden of exporting like corn and potatoes and pig and things like that. Now they can diversify their portfolio. Well, with that, that is when we all probably are now understanding where the nomenclature came out to see these three letters, CBD everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so at my former employer, because of the, um, you know, initial initial brand ideation stage that I was in at the time, I was going and advising clients on, is this the next label claim? You know, like we would see gluten-free or stevia or things like that. You know, now all of a sudden we've kind of mainstreamed out in America. There's no like base plus option for you to have you know, organic is mainstream price now. Mm -hmm. So everybody was looking for the next label claim, obviously pre-pandemic. And so it's like, great, can I throw CBD in this, you know, 20 ounce bottle of tea, you know, um, you know, sweetened tea and charge 50 cents more, you know, for that version. So these are the questions that I was being asked, or, you know, I have this pet food brand. Can I put it in my pet treats? You know, things like that. Mm -hmm. So we were going, or I was going all around the country to different manufacturers and just speaking to them, you know, educating them on it and speaking to them. And I realized how, um, ooh, like seedy it was behind the scenes mm. in this category and the lack of regulation. And so, you know, when you 
work with such large companies, you're used to seeing very, you just take things for granted. You're used to seeing things in commercial kitchens. <laughs> like, let's just start there. Yeah. You're used to seeing, um, you know, we all, when we open a can of Diet Coke, we assume that was bottled in a manufacturing plant, not in somebody's kitchen, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. In this space, um, there's no regulation. <laughs> there's mm. no oversight. And so it became very hard to um, advise on, you know, who to talk to and who to maybe acquire or Mm -hmm. invest in, you know, things like that. And so we, um, we kept trying, you know, we kept saying like, just be quiet, just be patient. We'll figure it out. You know, we'll all go through this together. And at the same time, I was actually also a new mom and not really feeling the most confident, you know, telling somebody how to spend $200 million on a dicey category for their next seven year marketing plan, <laughs> things right. like that, you know, back to the old imposter syndrome again, mm-hmm. <laughs> just rearing its ugly head. So I was actually not only, you know, advising brands on this, but I was also researching it and then trying to take some myself to just get that, um, I don't know the medical term for this, but it is a sense of anxiety where you get that ear, ear, um, heartbeat, (laughs) you know, Mm, your heartbeat travels all the way up and it's just all you can hear. Yeah. And I would give presentations and, you know, it's funny, I would have, you know, somebody like a teammate or an assistant in the room that would take my notes from me because I couldn't, I wasn't actually present. I was fully aware of what I was saying, but I was so riddled with anxiety that if I I had moments where I'd be like, that's a really amazing question. I'd love to get back to you on that in a couple of days. Let me research it. And then my teammate would know, oh, they she needs to do this. Cause I would not, I would be like, what what did I commit to? I don't know. You know, I was just trying to get through wow. it. Mm-hmm. And so I was taking different brands that I was trying to find in the market and they all just tasted terrible. And I would like swallow mouthwash afterwards and it was just gross. Um, And then there was a client that specifically was trying to use an existing brand and add these, you know, this chemical compound CBD to their existing brand, but it was changing the taste portfolio. And, you know, if we all taste something like you know, your favorite potato chip, let's say Mm -hmm. you're, you're not going to all of a sudden buy the same bag with, you know, I don't know, less trans fat or something like that. And you, you might sense a little taste, but it can't completely change the taste profile of what you expect. So it's tastes like the potato chip, you know, there's just an expectation consumers have for their products. And so we could not get that taste profile to not be that very, um, ubiquitous taste that we're all probably Mm -hmm. familiar with from just the, you know, vernacular of the world. And I called up a geneticist here in Georgia because they can study it from an academic perspective. And so I just said, you know, Hey, how do I, how do I get rid of this flavor profile? Basically? Like what, what is the deal here? And they were very helpful. You know, he was, he was great. And so then I went back to my client and I advised, you know, to their food lab because their food lab had never worked with this ingredient. It's been regulated before, you know, all these things. Right. Mm -hmm. And so then a couple of months later, I went back to the geneticist and I said, you know, would you be willing to work with me on creating a formula? If you know a way to extract out the flavor, could we work together? I'll find a manufacturer 
that I feel is worth their weight because I know what to look for. (laughs) But would you help me develop a formula? Because I'm sick of just having such a low bar for consumers in this market. And I do feel like we can do something better, but the consumer doesn't even know to expect something better right now. Hmm. And so that's where Hapsi came to be, honestly. And so I left Nielsen in 2019 and started working on it. And I worked through all of 2020, um, my, you know, plus a pandemic kind of thing. <laughs> um, and we launched in January of 21. I love it. And tell us what, um, for people listening who don't know, what exactly is Hapsi? So what did you finally uh, develop? Sure. So our mission at hand is meeting you where you're at and helping you stay checked in in that moment when you feel like checking out. Hmm. And so that drives everything we're going to produce. So our two, our six initial SKUs or you know products that we're mm-hmm. launching is we have four different tinctures, which are oil drops. And I'll explain why we have those and not like a gummy or another type of edible. Right. Um, and then we have two topicals that are a very small on the go Sue stick that mm-hmm. really work better than bigger, you know, bombs or salves that you're going to see mm-hmm. because they're the product form is actually designed to go over a ball joint very well. Mm-hmm. And it also is a no mess, less stress, as we say, you don't have to like dig your hand into a mm-hmm. you know, container and stuff. It's actually an applica- application tube and stick. And so we, you know, as a, obviously I spent 20 years in consumer goods. So I very much fruitfully thought about what the consumer would want and what the consumer would require and help them raise that bar for everybody else in the category. To the reason why we have tinctures right now, instead of a gummy or um, a mint or things like that. There's two different reasons. Um, A tincture is actually the fastest way into your system. A gummy, if anybody is in a recreational state and has taken recreational marijuana, they'll fully understand what I'm about to say. Mm -hmm. A gummy um, or any sort of edible can take hours to actually activate in your system. It's got to go through your entire GI tract and then absorb into your bloodstream. And I really, you know, I don't need that then. I don't need that three hours later. I need it right now because my, you know, kids school just called me and I've got to leave because they have pink eye and my whole window of the day just went out, you know, like I'm done and, um, you know, fight or flight is kicking in for me right now. And I need something right this second to just make me realize it's just pink eye. It's just a, you know, two hour meeting with somebody. You can reschedule it. It's okay. Whatever it may be. Right. Yep. Um, that is why we specifically have that product, for, excuse me, that product form right now. We need that right then. And a gummy just inherently isn't going to last that long. Um, also, gummies are kind of one size fits some mm-hmm. and we are one size fits all. And so you can really get to exactly your right dose with a tincture than you can with something like a gummy. Yeah, I love that. And so talk to me a little bit. You mentioned in the manufacturing side of things, how there was a lot of lack of regulation. Um, and I, I believe we were sort of talking also before this about how, like on the marketing side of things, like there's a lot of lack, this is such a new space, still a lot of lack of regulation. So I'm curious to hear a little bit about how that affects 
your marketing of this product? Like, how are you working with that and still getting in front of people? Yeah. So, I mean, I think if you're in marketing, you know, there are certain things you can't say. So, um, you know, let's say we are a, let's say we're a yogurt brand because we were just talking about a yogurt brand. You know, you cannot say we are most filling. <laughs> There's no way to actually, you know, quantify that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, if you are America's number one beloved soda brand, you also can't say that you're energizing. You can say you're refreshing, right? And so there are very, as marketers, we all understand these everyday things. We work within these constraints every day for the protection of the consumer. Mm -hmm. If you're doing marketing ethically and well and just, it is really to make the consumer have um, confidence in your brand, Mm -hmm. right? And so, you know, there are no regulations in this space. And so with people coming into the category and being able to say whatever they want, you know, specifically in 2020, there were people claiming that it cured COVID, you mm-hmm. know, and the FDA was way too busy handling everything else. They were, they didn't even see it. They didn't slap fines on people until way later. Right. But like, it's, it, that's such a bold example of what right. we saw in the market. Right. And that's just not, done in categories that are already out there, like a, like a toothbrush or, you know, just existing categories that have basic, um, FDA regulation behind them, you know? And so when you have a new category that's coming into the marketplace, there's no written rules on those categories yet that you can't say, you know, this toothbrush is, um, satisfying, you know, like that's an easy one. It, and it, if anybody wants to geek out, there's literally by category in America, specific product claims under the right. FDA. So these things just don't simply exist because all the federal government did was deregulated, but then they didn't go and say, okay, but now it's deregulated. Now we have to regulate it in these other ways. Right. right? And so that. You know, honestly, that's kind of the way our government is, though. Everybody, you know, that we're the American experiment. You know, you live through all the processes and experiences and then legislate around that. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's just kind of what we're going through right now. But in the meantime, it's eroding consumer trust in this category <laughs> because mm-hmm. you're just seeing the craziest things left and right. Every single day, I get some Google alert about some quote unquote celebrity backed. CBD. And then a couple of days later, I'll see that a celebrity's filed a suit against that company. Mm. <laughs> you know, um, I saw companies that had FDA claims slapped on them because they actually went and visited these, you know, places of business and found that they were making it in their bathtub and, because there's just no basic um, floor for what is right. acceptable know, and acceptable required. practice. Mm-hmm. Right. It's very wild west right now, which is kind of why I got into it because I was like, this is big. again, as a marketer, when else in our lifetime will we have the ability to have a hundred percent category awareness, zero brand awareness. And really the only thing to change that is the connotation swing through marketing. Mm-hmm. And so as a marketer, I was very intrigued, but then also as a consumer, I was very frustrated. 
Yeah. So the two came together. Yeah. And that is how Hapsi was created, honestly. Yeah. I it's really, really interesting to think about. And I have a I feel I'm thinking about a couple of things I want to mention. The first is you'd kind of think it's um fun to be in a place that's unregulated as a marketer, but I feel like it might also be stressful. Like, do you, is it fun to be in a space where like, there's no regulation or do you find that it's actually especially challenging because you're, like you said, there's so much um, going on and likely lack of trust that you're sort of almost fighting an uphill battle. Like, where do you, how do you mitigate all of that? (laughs) So all of that, right? It, it's fun and frustrating at mm. the same time. Um, you know, the high road is a lonely road, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the high road is a lonely road. And so, you know, we do not pay for testimonials. Mm-hmm. We don't pay for reviews. We send our clients, our customers emails and ask them for reviews. And, you know, if they send us a DM or send us an email back, then we say, you know, thank you so much. Could we, could we post this as a customer review on our website? And we still ask for their approval then instead of Mm -hmm. just taking it, you know, we have, we have very high respect for our customers in our marketing, because at the end of the day, word of mouth is still number one. I don't care how much you're going to pay an influencer, Jessica, you telling your bestie over that, you know, book club catch up real quick or whatever. This is how I'm getting by, you know, at night or whatever. That's the gold. And so really just try and remember that I don't I don't try to let the you know paid to play influencer status mm-hmm. get to me too much um we're simply not going to do it mm-hmm. because we see that it's I mean you can if you think about it and especially your listeners because they're marketers they're very well educated in this space, mm-hmm. but you can see there's influencers that push the same sheet set, the same mm-hmm. hair care, the same CBD. And it's because they're all at one agency and that agency has these, these brands. And it's like, okay, I have this m- makeup, you know, I have this skincare, I have this hair care. I've got this bed sheet. I've got this, um, you know, protein supplement, you know, whatever. And so now the influencer has seven different contracts all at once. That's very efficient. Don't get me wrong. But I also have seen as a marketer that, you know, those are, those are end up what we call trier rejectors. So that's initial volume you'll get Mm. from a trier, but then you really have just spent a lot of money, not acquiring a high value customer. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So I know that that's a slow game um, that I'm playing, but it's the sustainable game that I'm playing at the same time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what organic marketing is all about, right? It's the it's not the fast, targeted, necessarily pay to play. It's the slow, targeted, sustainable, long term sort of game that you're you're building. Like you're saying, you know, those brand ambassadors, those people that actually try the product and genuinely love it and want to tell their friends about it. Those more, those organic, I should say, like brand ambassadors, you know, correct customers who just love what you're doing. Um, and so with that being said too, I know we, you and I had talked previously about how also there's no really paid advertising options because of the nature of the product. So you guys don't even have that option, even if you wanted to use it. Correct. There are some 
there are some, you know, because we're talking in a marketing podcast, there are some loopholes you can do where you set up like ghost landing pages and things mm. like that. There's a lot of tips Thanks. and tricks that you can do. Um, but, and we, you know, we dabbled in it in the beginning. And then I was like, this is just not, it's not going to convert. This is not even worth it. Yeah. There's so much um, education that you're not going to get from somebody just doom scrolling. You know, <laughs> you're not going to catch somebody's attention. And so even if paid advertising was applicable, in this category, I'm not sure if we would do it. It's not as easy as seeing a shirt and saying, that looks cute. I can see it on me at the mm-hmm. car. You know, yeah. this is much more nuanced and personable. Um, and we want to treat the customer with that much respect that they they should want to lean in and learn more instead of just adding to cart thinking we're going to be some panacea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And tell me a little bit about. Um, how are you using your marketing to build that trust, to be at the top of the level in this space where there's a lot of lack of trust? Like what are, you said you um, like request to use testimonials, which is great, but what else are you doing? Maybe like less of direct interaction like that, but the way that you say things or what you put in your emails or on social media, like what are some of those things that you're doing right now? Yeah, so on our again. On our organic social, we try and make it, you know, it's all about your brand voice, first of all. Um, And our brand voice is one that is, you know, the one, (laughs) the one that just looks at like the glitter covered kitchen counter, like I did last week as my kids made a gingerbread house. And and I was like, okay, okay, okay. All right. Great, (laughs) great job, guys. Um, Yeah. Who wants to spray the counter (laughs) and who wants to vacuum, you know, like instead of being like, what did you do? You know, so we try and actually use some of that to lean into our marketing because that is life and that is approachable. And that gives for somebody who can't understand how would this actually be helpful for me without Mm -hmm. getting into the true science of how it produces proteins for your endocannabinoid system, which fuels your central nervous system and so on and so forth. Without actually getting into the science of it right away, we kind of open the door to let them understand like, we're you, we've been there. Mm. And here's life's little messy problems that frankly, we all have, but the response is the difference. And you have power in your response and you have power in that pause before your reaction. Mm -hmm. And so that one singular motion of time right there is where we hone in and really focus our organic marketing efforts through the communication of that response in that moment in time. Mm-hmm. And you can see that play out in a myriad of different ways through the stories or the reels or the post, you know, all sorts mm-hmm. of things. But we really try and make it approachable. So that way somebody is willing to open the door and listen to us a little further because we do understand that we're not something that's simply add to cart. You know, this is a mm-hmm. brand new category that does take some um, beer to entry knocking down, you know, mm-hmm. before you're going to open the door. In addition to that, you know, over hurdling some connotations from some existing brands, you know, we don't taste like all the other brands. We've actually gone the further step to refine the plant. And here's why we did that. And, mm-hmm. you know, all those things. So 
we don't lead with that. We lead with here's the moments in time that you can be helped by us. And then here's the data that backs that, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, we also, you know, we're very healthy in our email marketing efforts. Um, and they're not always about education. You know, we, we send out stuff usually once a week. That's just like here, you know, here's some things that made us happy this week. You know, mm-hmm. the Macy's Thanksgiving day parade this year had Mariah Carey right before Santa. That was so <laughs> fun. You know? Little things that aren't anything with affiliate marketing or trying to make a money, mm-hmm. just trying to add around the brand that like when you actually have, um, that moment of clarity in your mind where you can simply operate and not let that fight or flight or anxiety build up, then you have the moment to to even understand when you're not worrying about peeling all these potatoes, you can look up from the kitchen sink and see Mariah Carey on TV. You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you can appreciate it. So little things like that, we try and um, intertwine into our messaging. Um, And then we do a lot of in-person events as well. So Mm -hmm. instead of focusing on um, having somebody speak for us, we do a lot of grassroots events instead, and we speak for ourselves and talk to the customer and say, you know, what what a, what time of day is the most frustrating for you? Hmm. And that's different for everybody. And then we help them understand why one of our products might be helpful for them in that moment and kind of lead them to understand what particular skew might be the most helpful instead of them having decision fatigue and then just checking out of our, you know, our window online. Right. And is that something, how do you manage that in your marketing on your website in terms of that, like decision fatigue and not being sure what to choose? You know, how do you manage that when you're not talking to them right there in person? Yeah. You know, it's really, as a consumer, and I'm sure you, I, I would be curious to hear if you're the same way. I cannot stand when I start to move my mouth and then it's like, before you go, I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to a new tab. Right. Down, <laughs> yeah, like, calm down. Calm down. So, you know, as a marketer, I'm very aware of what I would want to see mm-hmm. on a website. And then I course correct for that. Does it maybe not convert those last minute people? Yeah, maybe, but I would much rather the people who are sticking around to not be annoyed with my site. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I really try and lead them through a journey. We first and foremost, um, everything that we do comes with the first um, passive ADA compliance. I'm very, very pro um, inclusion marketing. Mm -hmm. And that goes with the way we speak about things. When we talk about parents instead of moms, or Mm. we speak about people or humans instead of singular pronouns. Like I feel that inclusion is not, (laughs) is not, you know, making sure every single piece of my marketing plan has somebody that maybe is in a wheelchair and somebody that has a DEI button clicked. And it's not about inclusion is specifically the absence of exclusion. Mm. (laughs) And that is how we go about marketing. And that applies to anybody who may have color um, blindness sensitivity Mm. that may go into people who have dysgraphia and they have a hard time getting a text box that may go into people who use screen readers. There's all these different things that we have very purposefully built our website from a UX standpoint 
to feel inclusive and not have somebody very annoyed with our, that we didn't think of them. Right. Right. And we didn't think of them. So our clean website, if I must say so myself, (laughs) um, will guide somebody through kind of, again, what we would do online or what we would do in person, easing them in with like, here is what we are and here's our products, but here's how we work. And then we have a lot of blog culture that helps people understand um, some education, but a lot of like here specifically, you know, prepare for the holidays. It's not just our product that can help you stay calm during the holidays. Here's, you know, declutter before you organize and decorate for the holidays, you know, take down your current picture frame so you can put up you know, the advent calendar and you know mm-hmm. things like that. So your house doesn't look so cluttered for a month and you're really annoyed with yourself, <laughs> things like that. And then suddenly January, it's, you know, purge season. Well, why is it purge season? Well, because marketers are preying on you that and that feeling <laughs> you just had for four weeks. So we try and really educate people from all aspects of yeah. their mental health, not just from, again, taking this one product and solve all your troubles. That's not it. It's a collective energy and response that you need to give. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I, I, hopefully, oh, I just want to say like, yeah. hopefully in our marketing and our website doing that, it gains their trust. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point of it is to help them understand we are the experts here and we're, we're marketers who know you deserve better. And so we're going to tell you what we are going to do for you. And we're easily going to tell you as quickly what we're not going to do for you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It feels very like, I feel like all of your marketing and the way that you describe it and the way that I see it is um, it's very like, we see you and we know you and we're here to just hang with you and help you feel better in these moments if that's what you desire. And like, here are the options that you could use to do that. Like, it feels very just like. I don't know, like your best friend hanging out with you. You know what I mean? Like rather Mm -hmm. than it can so feel very, especially I think in the CBD space, very overwhelming um, when you don't know what's going on and you don't know who to trust. And um, yeah, I I really, I really like the approach and it's been successful. You guys, uh, Hapsi has done really well as a brand Mm -hmm. uh, connecting and building a customer base and yeah, we're sold and I, I need to update the stats because we're getting ready for our end of year review again. Um, but we're sold easily in over half the states in America at this point. We're only US based because I just don't frankly want to deal with mm-hmm. you know, exporting and and other there's other laws in other countries in this space because it's so nuanced. Right. It's hard enough here. So mm-hmm. I'd rather just focus here, right? Yeah. And do this really well than not do this really well. Yeah. Um, frankly. And so, um, and I'm very proud of what we've built. We have very strong growth this year, honestly. And so that just speaks to it. Again, we're not trying to churn through a bunch of customer um, acquisition and then drop off. We're trying to really hone in on the customer who we're going to retain and subscribe and save every month because that's one less thing they have to remember every month that just comes to their door. That's the person I want because they know us, they get us, they trust us. And they know that we're doing the best for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing so much about this industry and this space. I feel like it's so fascinating. And I imagine 
it's only going to keep growing. And I'm curious to see how things change for you and others in the space as more regulation comes in, which who knows when that will be, I guess. (laughs) We all welcome the floor in this category. Yeah. (laughs) The the ones who are doing it right, we've we've talked and yeah, we all are like, okay, well, this is the long game. We'll we'll all keep doing it. And eventually Mm -hmm. there will be, you know, base regulation here. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me today. I really love talking about marketing, obviously. So it's yes, fun. yes, you and me both. Um, before we finish up here, where can listeners connect with you? Sure. So our website is bhapsy.com, H-A-P-S-Y. And um, our handle on Instagram is at H-A-P-S-Y, Hapsy. And then if you just want to geek out about, occasionally on my personal Instagram, I talk about, you know, consumer price shopping and why things are 10 for 10 and not two for two and <laughs> little things like that. Um, kind of just give the tricks of the trade that I've learned over 20 years. Then you can find me at Andrea Whitewick. Awesome. Well, thank you again for being here with being here with us. We so appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much. And thank you for everyone. Thank you to everyone for tuning in and we'll catch you on another episode.